Welcome everyone to the seventh episode in the Agilent podcast series. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Victoria Wadsworth Hansen and I'm the Global Director of Public Relations at Agilent. Like most companies, at Agilent we're often asked about who we are and what we stand for. These podcasts address who we are as a business by discussing the values and themes close to our heart and the hearts of our customers. In each of our podcast episodes, we investigate a specific theme with the help of three experts. In this episode, our theme is integrity. What it means, not just to set high standards of ethics and honesty, but to keep them. Integrity can sometimes seem like another abstract do-good word, but in this episode, we'll be exploring how the value of integrity can guide us in the real world and see some examples of the amazing work that can result. I met with our first guest, who considers integrity not only as an important guiding principle for his work, but also his work itself is about preserving the integrity of our food supply chains. Uh, My name is Siegfried Wagner. I'm founder and CEO at Institut Dr. Wagner in Austria in Europe, which firstly is an internationally accredited commercial laboratory with a focus on the analysis of pesticides and contaminants in food and feed, So in a way, you're in the business of policing integrity and honesty in our food supply. What does that actually encompass? When we speak about food integrity, we always have to consider speaking about the more holistic definition of food quality. And this at least contains a social, ecological and economic and health dimension of food. I personally think that the topic of food integrity is more than speaking about international actions against food fraud or food adulteration. In my opinion, food integrity is a topic about trust, and industry should speak about trust and make a commitment to being transparent with other stakeholders, and for me, most important, with their customers. So why is that so important, Siegfried? What's threatening the integrity of our food? Food integrity can be compromised at each step in the food supply chain. For example, the food fraud is an extremely profitable business, and it starts with the substitution of defined raw materials with cheap replacement products. Food fraud is cheating. Food fraud is deceiving. Food fraud is fooling. Food fraud is swindling for financial gain. I suppose certain foods, the regional specialities, could be compared with works of art. And so, in a way, you're policing against forgery. Is that the right way of looking at it? And what kinds of regional specialty foods do you monitor at your institute? So one of the typical products here is pumpkin seed oil, which is a product which is protected by the European Commission. Quality policy of the European Union aims at, first, protecting the names of specific products to promote their unique characteristics. They are linked to the geographical origin as well as traditional know-how. Product names can be granted with a so-called geographical indication if they have a specific link to the place where they are made. And this geographical indication recognition enables consumers to trust and distinguish quality products while also helping producers to market their products better. Each country is proud because they have their special products in the regions and these products are like a window. You look into a country to get to know a country by tasting, by by experiencing 
exploring the special food of such a country. And that makes it interesting for consumers too. Yes, of course, and food tourism is huge. So if you can't trust the integrity of what you're eating, then it starts to call into question all sorts of other levels of integrity. But integrity is the key to the whole process then, isn't it? And what do you think the industry needs to be doing to be staying ahead of the game? I think that one of the most sustainable investments food producing and trade companies at the moment can make is investing in systems which develop and guarantee transparency for a long-term relationship with their customers. That's why, in my opinion, it is so important to maintain the topic of integrity along the whole supply chain of food. I think the topic of food integrity will become more important in future, especially in Europe, because people recognize the value of sustainable and responsible food production and the European Union itself has a very clear definition of food quality. And at your own institute, how do you go about ensuring responsible food production? We measure quality, meaning that we take care for the quality of products as well for the consumers as for our clients. Referring to food integrity, at the moment we are doing and developing new applications for testing food authenticity using time-of-flight mass spectrometry techniques followed by very complex multivariate statistical data evaluation tools. We are very concerned about what we are doing, meaning that we take care for the quality of products as well for the consumers as for our clients. So we therefore are responsible primarily for healthy and authentic food. And I would say secondary, we are responsible for the business of our clients that they don't have problems on the market with their products. Thanks so much for your time, Dr. Wagner. Dr. Wagner got me thinking about how we act within our own organisation to inspire and preserve integrity. Integrity is a quality so dependent on human behaviour that I decided to speak with the man who's responsible for exactly that across the whole business. Hi, uh, my name is uh, Dominic Grau. I'm uh, the head of HR, or we call it the CHRO of uh, Agilent Technologies. Thanks very much for your time, Dominique. We've been considering integrity in this episode, and I wonder, what does integrity mean to Agilent? Uncompromising integrity is basically the linchpin to the business and to Agilent. For us, Agilent, uncompromising integrity means really that our word is basically our bond. We don't want to compromise on our honesty or truth not with customers, not with competitors, suppliers, employees. I really feel that um, uncompromising integrity means doing the right thing even when no one is watching. So we're a big company. And how does Agilent then maintain integrity across the whole organization? Well, company values are really important. They support the vision of the company. They shape the culture. And they really reflect what a company stands for. You know, it's basically the North Star of a company. Agilent's values are innovation, uncompromising integrity, trust, respect, and teamwork, speed, focus, and accountability. How did Agilent define the company values? What was the process? 
we've defined our values a while back. Uh, in fact, most of our values at Agilent came from our heritage company, HP. When our current CEO, Mike McMahon, came on board, I was the head of HR at the time. He and I specifically talked about whether we wanted to change the values, but we felt they were very current, they were very relevant, and they supported the new culture transformation we wanted to push. So we didn't change them. Values obviously have appeal to investors and customers, but as our HR lead, Dominique, do you find that these values have benefits to recruitment and staff satisfaction? Definitely. If you look at um, the prospective employees, they are very interested in understanding our values. With social media now, everything is much more transparent to a certain degree. And uh, so those prospective employees clearly want to, to understand what's happening within the company and how do the values of the company align with their own personal values. And when there is a match, obviously, we have great alignment of um, prospective employees and, and the company. And how do you integrate company values in day-to-day work? How do you make it tangible for employees? We integrate, if you want, our value system in the way we run our business. And as I'm the head of HR, we integrate this, for instance, in our annual performance review system, where not only we are asking manager to have conversations with their employees about results, we also ask about how do you deliver the results? How do you do that within the context of our values? And uh, it's the uh, meshing, if you want, of driving for results in a value context that I think makes Agilent a special place. So in your opinion, Dominique, what's possible when a company lives and breathes the company values? Basically, adhering to the values is, is really putting a turbo, if you want, on a gas engine. Decisions are made faster, the right decisions are being made, they are pushed down to decentralized organization, there's less politics, people feel respected and valued, and therefore employees are more productive. The enterprise kind of fires on all cylinders, our reputation is positive, and the quality of our products and services are better, and therefore everybody wins. At Agilent, on a yearly basis, have a employee survey. We have a very high response rate. Over 90% of the employees are responding to the survey. And we ask a lot of questions about the environment at Agilent. And recently, we've had you know, really, really strong scores, especially in the engagement, meaning that employees are feeling great about the company. They would recommend the company to friends and family and are very proud to work at Agilent and feel that their career goals can be fulfilled at Agilent. And at the heart of those values, as you've said, is integrity. Oh, integrity is really at the core of what Agilent and its employees are thinking on a day-to-day basis. Of course, as a public company, we have a lot of controls, uh, financial controls on, on our business. 
but it goes beyond just the financial controls. Integrity is as well the way we run our business with uh, our suppliers. We are selecting suppliers not only for price and for features that they provide to us, but also in the way they on themselves conduct their own business. Another example about integrity is the way we want to participate within our community. We have established a six-day voluntary time-off program where employees can basically give back to the community and being paid by Agilent their own salaries. And so we feel that as we work in the world, we need to be able to give back to the community. And that, I feel, is one of the examples where integrity is capping all those great examples. Thank you, Dominique. Having discussed Agilent's embedding of integrity into its personnel policies, I wanted to find some examples of how integrity can make a difference in wider communities. My search quickly led me to an Agilent employee whose passion for integrity has led him into an exciting new territory in photojournalism. My name is Graham Miller and I'm the founder of a new social enterprise here in Scotland called Really Real Resources. And at the same time, I also work for Agilent Technologies where I have a role helping to define the strategy for our mobile FTIR products. I'd love to hear more about how you came to be running a social enterprise as well as holding down a job at Agilent. Can we start with hearing a little more about the idea behind Really Real Resources? What's it all about as a photographic resource? We formed Really Real Resources in Scotland, it would be about a year ago now, because we believe that the images that you see in the press don't properly reflect the lives of the most vulnerable in society. Quite often, you know, mainstream media will take images from photo libraries and the like, which are, which tend to be very staged. And so we believe fundamentally that, you know, we need to reflect people's lives better and more honestly. And so Really Real Resources is all about gathering images in an archive that can be used in mainstream media and third sector to show lives as they really are. I've seen some of your photography, Graham, and the authenticity is striking. What's the most important thing to you about showing vulnerable people in this way? It's really in relation to challenging stigma from two different levels, both in the broadest sense and then, you know, for the benefit of the individuals themselves. In society, we are aiming to become more inclusive And I think it's stigma that prevents us from kind of embracing inclusivity. That's the big roadblock here in terms of trying to understand and recognize the challenges that other people have in their lives. If we're going to challenge stigma, then I think we have to teach ourselves to be non-judgmental. So see beyond a disability and not let it define someone. Look to the person and try and see the person behind that disability. And when your entire enterprise is built around honesty, integrity must be at the forefront of your mind the whole time. It's integrity which enables me to engage with people and get access to them in such a way that they would want to share their private lives with me. It's also fundamental to my practice as a photojournalist. I have to present images which are honest and balanced, and that's not always an easy thing to do. I was in a situation recently, one of the projects I've just completed, I I did some work with a little girl who was, believe it or not, getting uh, chemotherapy for a whole year. We sat in in the doctor's office one morning and they received some bad news. Not the worst of news, but it was bad news to the extent that, you know, the whole family broke down and began to cry. And I was sitting there with my camera in my lap and thinking, can I really take this photograph? 
And it was integrity then that kind of enabled me to pick up the camera and take those photographs because I knew that the family trusted me, they wanted me to tell their story, and I took the pictures. Well, the value in what you're doing at Really Real Resources is clear. And now that I think about it, it's surprising to me in a way that you've had to do this at all. There's not really much else out there like this, is there? One of the reasons I think that photographs like this are not generally available is because vulnerable people are by definition vulnerable. And so it's very important to be or offer the photographs within a very secure environment. And the subjects of your photography, I can imagine they're just happy that you're showing the truth about their lives. You know, but there's also a very significant therapeutic element to this as well. I did a project around Down syndrome several years ago and sat with with a father and, and asked him you know, what his views were around the diagnosis of the fact that his child was going to have Down syndrome. How did he feel about that? And this father, who on the face of it was quite kind of robust and hardy, broke down in tears and told me it was the first time anybody had asked him what he really thought and how he felt. And so there's a strong therapeutic element to what we do in this kind of of work. When I talk to others who have seen the work and have changed their view as a consequence of what we've done, that's the kind of most rewarding part of this. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, Graham, and all the very best with Really Real Resources. It's such a fantastic initiative. Talking to our guests today and seeing the many different ways that integrity defines what they do and why they do it, I was struck by how self-perpetuating integrity can be. If we take the time to acknowledge the value of integrity and to encourage those around us to embody it and pursue it, in turn this can have a wonderful ripple effect. The good that comes from acting with integrity isn't always obvious. One day it may mean preserving the authenticity of a regional delicacy, the next capturing a photograph that tells a neglected story. But what brings it all together is the pursuit of what's right, and what's true. And in today's increasingly cynical world, that has to be a good thing. That was the last episode for the Agilent podcast for 2019, but we hope you'll tune in again next year. 